Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? This is a podcast about telling stories and the journeys we take on the way to making our stories. It's about beginnings, middles and endings and where each of us is on in our writing journey. Um, my guest today is Victoria Black and she has the wonderful job of writing about lusty heroes and their feasty heroines. Okay, I've been having a fossick around on your Facebook page, Victoria, and having a lovely time and I can't wait to read some of your stuff. But to start, uh, like any good story, uh, we always start with our orientation. We start where, with where we're at at the moment. And I was wondering if you'd like to share with us uh, your current journey. Well, hi, Melinda. Uh, my current journey is really very much uh, tied up with uh, what I'm doing at the moment, which is being a, a writer on the road. So whenever we're, we're driving along <coughs> for a long, long trip, uh, I'll, I'll I'll get my notepad and pen out because I'm a, I'm a, a notepad and pen gal. I don't type for first draft on a keyboard, and I write my story. And it's all based on everything I've I'm experiencing on the road. Uh, so I'm writing a, a series of uh, little short stories called Campfire Tales, and they're and they're all based on this my my lovely lovely couple, Ellie and Michael, who are a newlywed couple. And uh, just their their experiences on their way to to Darwin. Coincidentally, that's where they're going. <laughs> uh, yeah, just for a bit of background for our listeners, Victoria started her journey in Brisbane uh, with her husband, and I don't even know your husband's name, Victoria. Daryl. Daryl. So Victoria and Daryl are travelling in their caravan. Uh, I was supposed to catch up with them in Longreach. And because I'm new at this, I had technical trouble, so we decided we'd catch up as Victoria and Daryl headed to Darwin. But they've moved so very, very quickly uh, that they're now in Western Australia over at Rainbow Beach, which I'm guessing is in the northwest somewhere, south of Broome maybe? Yeah, 80-mile beach it is, and yes, it's just south of Broome. Yeah, which is a magic part of the world. Um, <laughs> but... Right from Longreach through to Mount Isa and the Queensland uh, Northern Territory border, then through up to Darwin, through Catherine Gorge, and back down across Kununurra all the way through the, oh, what are they called, the Gibb River Road? I haven't done that. Uh, we, we, we went to uh, the, the, the um, uh, Bungle Bungle, so uh, on a helicopter ride um and then up to uh was it Wyndham and um Derby and Broome so uh, we're now in the Pilbara officially now yeah and for those of us who don't know Australia all that well Broome is famous and infamous for its camel rides along the beach it's famous for its (laughs) pearl divers and it's famous for its magic magic sunsets 
Um, Victoria, being a romance writer, obviously has a wealth of stories to draw on for her campfire tales. And I'm just wondering, Victoria, and this is something that will come up time and time again as I chat to writers as they make their way around our beautiful country. The time to write, as you said, you write while you're in the car, you write with a pen and paper. But what about the distractions of what's out there to see and do? Well, once we get to a place, my God, I I find it so difficult because there's so much to do and and, and see. Um, it, it, It almost has to be a long, long trip. Uh, with lots of boring mush in between, if it's a fairly short trip, I I, I just can't do it. So I'm I'm uh, not producing huge amounts of of, uh, uh, of writing at the moment. And then like today, we're we're at a place where it would have been perfect to sit down and actually do my second draft on on the computer. And um, it was a case of well, let's let's go for a drive along the beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, um, yeah, there are a lot of distractions. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that we face as travellers and writers at the same time is prioritising what's important. And when you're on a road trip like Victoria and Daryl are, you only have so much time that you want to dedicate to the work part of your trip because I'm guessing you're taking lots of notes and photos and that you'll have all that when you go back home. Yes, exactly, yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm take, do, I do a daily diary, so there's every, every, everything in there that I'll be able to draw on and, and as you say, photographs, yes. Yep. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest benefits that we have of being mobile is the inspiration is around us everywhere we go. And we can find inspiration every time we step outside our rigs. Uh, One of the downsides that both you and I have noticed is technology and being able to access the internet. How have you found that as you've travelled? Uh, it's it's not too bad in Western Australia. Uh, Northern Territory was wasn't good. Um, parts of Queensland weren't good. Um, yeah, it's it's up and down. Yeah, and that's not so much a problem when we are writing with our pen and paper and even when we're working on our computers, but so much of our social interaction now is done via Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and keeping up with our readers who love to stay in touch and love to see our photographs. I've thoroughly enjoyed your photos, Victoria, as you've travelled across and some of the places have made me quite homesick. Uh, What What's your solution to that social media keeping in touch with your fans um, dilemma? Um, there, there are, for, for me, what all I'm interested in really is Facebook. I, I tried Twitter, don't like it. Um, I'm not a huge blogger. Uh, what, what I really like is Facebook. I can talk to talk to people uh they're they're real conversations it's not just promote promote um so yes you you, you just the internet isn't that bad in this country just whenever i can i get on and and chat away Mm. so that's all i can do yeah and for those of us who are going to travel on the road and stay on the road there is a solution coming along it's going to cost us about $800 and it's called mobile go and it's something that we fit to our rigs 
and we will have internet access wherever we are. Um, and apparently that's not too far away, so I'll keep you informed on that one um, because, as I said, I'm doing a trip across the Nullarbor to WA at Christmas and I certainly want to be able to tell everybody about what I'm doing all the way across. Um, what I'd like to do, Victoria, is take you back because like we all have orientation, we all have a beginning to our stories. Now, your Facebook started in 2010. Is that when you started writing? Yeah, that would be about then, yes, yes. Okay, and you've been quite productive since then. Yes, I uh, um, started writing mainly fairly sexy things and just of late I've started uh, doing uh, short stories. That's probably uh, mainly where I want to go, short sweet kind of sexy stories not not overly erotic stories um and yes i've, I've uh, self-published quite a few well in, uh, yep, sorry i should i should say too that at the moment i'm published as vk black uh, i am thinking of, of changing back to victoria black because I, I talk so much on facebook as victoria black that I, I i i um at the moment i'm published as vk black Okay, I found you on Facebook as Victoria Black Sexy Stories and I found some <laughs> books. One's called Heavenly Revenge, which is your newest novella, and the one before that was Lies and Seductions about a World War II uh, Captain Adrian Carruthers and his maybe spy, maybe not heroine. That's um, right. But my question, it has to be because I started my writing uh, career as uh, writing romance novels and I got with Mills and Boone I got as far as almost um, before I went on to more academic serious writing and have mm -hmm. never made a sense since um, but I'm curious because when it came to the bedroom scenes we're talking 20 years ago here and we used to shut the door but I notice on your page it says you leave the door wide open were those scenes and from memory most um, love scenes have to go for five to ten pages were they fun to write ah uh, they were yes yeah they were, they were kind of fun to write yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hope Daryl's not listening in the background here uh, but yeah talk us through not not a scene but talk us through how you set the scene for the actual, I'm assuming it's explicit, how you would set that up in a romantic kind of way because there's a, there's a huge difference between erotica, romance and just plain sex. Um, and I know when I was writing romances, there were people like Valerie Parve out there giving us wonderful insights into the less you say quite often is better. Um, but nowadays it seems to be out there. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not writing as much er erotic romance as, as I was. I'm, I'm fairly interested now in uh, sweet kind of sexy romance. Uh, the he Heavenly Revenge was published by Secret Cravings and they've uh, gone out of business, as so many uh, are doing. Uh, so I've, I've got to uh, publish that under my own steam again. Um, but but going back to your question, how I, I set up the scenes. Well, Heavenly Revenge it was uh, the the man the 
the man in this, it was a separate, another world. It was a science fiction fantasy story. And he um, was convinced that the woman he'd, he'd stumbled across was, was, a, was a spy. And, uh, and uh, so the, you have to have a whole sexy setup if you're going to write an erotic ro- romance. And so the, he, he insisted that he, she, she come with him to be his partner in every way and then he gradually fell in love so you you every scene um you, you're developing really i was developing the the romance more than the sex it started out super sexy and then as they got to know each other he got to know her it became more and more romantic yeah i have a friend who writes uh gay erotica and she makes a very good living out of doing that and she's paid off her mortgage and has retired to full-time writing um, through writing gay erotica and my question to her was how do you do gay erotica she says it's easy two couples are two couples however you go about it or two people are, yeah okay um, something interested me when you were talking there you said your one of your publishers had gone out of business, as a lot of them are, and that you're having to go back to doing your uh, doing things yourself. Um, this podcast, and I guess me, I'm firmly in the camp of indie publishing, and my guru is Joanna Penn, who has the Creative Pen website, and she is a firm believer in keeping your rights and um, exploiting them to your own benefit. Are you looking forward to being an indie publisher and being in control of your career from here on in? Oh, God, I love it, love it. And and I, I, I've, I've already pub, self-published a couple of uh, uh, anthologies of short stories and it is really so freeing. You can you can say, right, I want to put this up on Amazon for free for a few days just and promote that and... Um, uh, you, you can, you really can do whatever you want, and it's it is wonderful. It's it's so freeing, and yes, that's really the the way I want to go. Yeah, uh, Hugh Howie and the Data Guy released their latest figures recently, uh, which you can find on my podcast website. Uh, that say that nearly fifty percent of the ebook market now is indie published, and it's growing more and more. Um, do you see that? as a way forward for a lot of us because I know you're or well, I think you're heavily involved in the romance writers in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's amazing this publishing industry, how, how fast things have changed. I, I think that's the way it's going to go, but who knows? Maybe people will get sick of indie publishing and, uh, but it, and, and want to go back to official publishers. I, I really don't know. It's, it's in a very exciting time time to be a writer, I think. Uh, I, look, it is. And do you think you'll be looking at um, publishing in the UK and America and exploiting some of those foreign rights that are so topical at the moment? Well, I, I guess when I publish with uh, Amazon, um People in America and and so on in England can can buy my books. So that that's about all I can do. And um, with with Facebook, a lot of the people I know on Facebook are from overseas, so they could buy my books if they wanted to. That's yeah. about all I can do. 
Do you advertise on Facebook? Uh, I, I have done, and, and uh, when when I get my next book up, I'll, I'll do so again. Yeah, um, I've just signed up for Mark Dawson's uh, Facebook ads course, and it's very, very popular, and there are a lot of people talking about it in the indie world, and apparently Facebook advertising is the way to go, um, but there are ways of going about it, like everything I'm discovering in this indie publishing world, that is a huge learning curve, right from learning how to turn on microphones for podcasting to learning how to create my own audio books, now to learning how to advertise them. How much time do you put into the marketing and business side of your work? Uh, initially, I put a lot of time into it and uh, it drove me up the wall. Uh, so at the moment, my, my feelings are I'm just going to go purely with Facebook because that's what I like uh, it's, it's, and, and I'm not really going to do too much else because there's so much you can do. There really is. You can go, you can do the whole blogging thing till you're blue in the face and, and, and uh, well, Twitter, there, there's so many avenues in Twitter you can go and I did them all and, and it just drove me nuts. So I'm just going to go with Facebook from now on. That's, yeah. that's what I like. Not everyone does, but that's what I like. Yeah, And I think too, Victoria, we can very easily get lost as indies in the noise of publishing and forget that we're writers first. And that is what I like so very much about living in a van and travelling is because we can block ourselves off from the noise and actually get some good writing done should we choose to do so. That's very true. Yes, I agree very much with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's, here's a toughie for you and it's going, Victoria's drinking a glass of wine as we speak and, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking quite envious. I've got my last day at school tomorrow, Victoria, but I'd love a glass of wine, but maybe tomorrow night I'll join you. Um, uh, but that's what you do in the caravanning world. I'll tell you now that happy hour is tradition and it's mm. always five o'clock somewhere. So whether it be 11 o'clock in the morning or five o'clock at night and you're sitting on Cable Beach over at Broome, there's always an excuse for a glass of wine. Uh, and again... I think we earn it as writers. I think we work very, very hard. Um, we concentrate very, very hard and we give up a lot of sightseeing to get those words on paper. So we deserve our rewards. Uh, how many campfire stories do you think you'll have in your anthology? I'm assuming you're putting it together for an anthology? It's, it's for uh, an anthology and, be and because I'm going to uh, be gearing it towards the 99-cent market, I'd say it's going to be about a 12,000-word anthology and uh, some stories are really, really, really short and some are, uh, was one I've written that's 3,000 words, there'll be another one about that, but two more about it, that, that and another little short linking stories as well. Yeah. You know, That's there's a lot of murder. Right. You know, there's a lot of murder and mayhem out there in the outback. You know, that stretch from Darwin down to Alice Springs is is notorious for for dastardly <laughs> deeds, not romance. <laughs> you reckon that's a that's a possible plot there? Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not convinced that the thriller writers make more money than we do because. They say that romance writing is where all the money is, 
But I quite often see these mystery writers and thriller writers are right up there on the top of the best-selling list. So one or the other, I hope the romance continues to dominate and win out because that's where I'm firmly placed. Um, But it must be tempting at times to throw in some baddies. Well, I guess one of the stories in my campfire tales, there is a there is a baddie. But as I say, every single thing that in that uh, campfire tales has actually either happened to to me, or I've been speaking to people at, at caravan parks and they've told me about something, and and then it's, and it's made it into a campfire tale. Yeah, we have a secret weapon when we travel, Victoria. It's called the Laundry Mafia. Uh, And how how many stories have you had delivered to you from the laundry? Ah, yes, yes, or or just generally around the campfire or around the, yeah, there's usually a group and and you get talking and they'll say so-and-so, this this happened and they met so-and-so something and, yes, and, and, oh. Good, good. I'll use that. Um, Eventually people get suspicious of you because they hear that you're a writer and they think, what's she taking away from this and what's she going to write down? Um, Which is actually good fun because it makes them uh, a little bit more suspicious of you and and they see you coming and they go, oh, what's she going to do to me this time? I say, oh, nothing. (laughs) Um, Do you find that people are curious about what you do? I've been fairly reticent so far. I haven't told too many people that I, I'm a writer. Um, I suppose I should. It just sort of hasn't come up in conversation, though. So, no. Oh. I, I, I know I've, I've mentioned to a couple of friends, oh, you know, some of the things you've told me and some of the things you've done have made it into stories. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've um, plastered my books all over my caravan so that when I do travel – people actually come up to me and start the conversation. Is that something that you may consider in the future? I, I, I could, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. idea, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, very, I'm interviewing a fellow called The Word Slinger in America and he is a thriller writer and he um, is about to move into his RV full-time. And he interviewed a woman and she's travelling around America in their bus or in their motorhome and she's turned her whole bus into a walking billboard. And I thought, doesn't matter what we do here in Australia, the Americans do it bigger and better all the time, don't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, last question. Um, balancing your writing with your marketing and your travelling, do you think having travelled the breadth of Australia that you're finally getting into a routine or is every day a new day? I'm afraid every day is a new day. I, I'm not having a routine at all. Uh, when I was back home, I kind of, I did, but no, I'm, I'm, no, my routine is thrown out the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, which again is good for um, it's stimulating. The ideas yeah. keep coming, and there'll be plenty of time to write them down. Uh, one last question: Where are you off to next, and what are your plans for the rest of your trip? Uh, we're off to we're heading south from Broome, so on, on the WA coast. So eventually down to 
Perth and Margaret River and then over the Nullarbor and then we well, we might see you, you never know, and uh, then up to over to the South Australia, then up to up through the centre to Uluru and Alice Springs and then home. Yeah. Now, I hate to ask this question because Victoria travels far more quickly than I do. Uh, I can take six months to travel a 1,000K. For your huge trip around Australia, and oh, really? consider, consider that you've travelled half of it already, how much longer do you think you'll be on the road before you return home? You know what, I, I said, uh, I've told people about November, but I've got a feeling it's going to be a little bit earlier than that. Um, October maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to slow down, woman. Once you get back, you'll be back into the routine of washing and ironing and cooking and cleaning. So true, so true. (laughs) Actually, there's a story. I've just moved into a house for six months to set up my podcast and my business. And in the caravan when I did the housework, it was a dustpan and a broom, a lick and a promise, and outside to play. Here in the house, it takes me an hour to vacuum. Um, Are you enjoying being away from that need and desire to keep your house clean? You have no idea. I just love it. It's exactly what you're saying. I've swept, you know, I sweep a few times and and making the bed is like throwing the blankets up. Um, That's that's kind of it, really. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) Now, you think that would give you lots more time to write, but it doesn't. For some reason, it doesn't. I have many a day where I'd get up at 5 a.m. because I'm a morning person and I'd sit there with my cup of Milo and you'd be listening to the birds and the kids would be asleep and the dogs would be snoring and I'd go, I could get a couple of hours writing in here or I could just sit and enjoy the morning. This is, this is what happens. Yep, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look, it's been fantastic speaking with you, Victoria. Um, I was going to talk to you further about your writing, but I think we've covered everything. Do you have one last tip to share with anyone who is starting out on the writing journey, your one piece of advice um, to get people started on their own books? Not Maybe not. That so much, but something that, I, that I've, I really firmly believe is you, you write something, you edit it, you think it's perfect, put it aside, start something else and go back to that writing in a, in a, in, in a couple of months and, and be, you'll be amazed at how much you can improve your, your story. You think it's perfect, but it's actually not. So just give it a little bit of a break before going back to it. And I think that's an excellent piece of advice. Well, look, (laughs) if you're around later on when you're down south and you've got some more stories to tell, I'd love to have you back on on the podcast before you finish your journey. And then when you're back in Brisbane full time, maybe we could sit down together and have that glass of wine. Ah, I'd love that. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you for your patience in getting this finally happening. Uh, and thank you to Daryl for being so patient and helping us with the um, tech bits and enjoy your trip down the coast. Okay, thank you very much, Melinda. <laughs> Thanks, Victor. <laughs> Talk again. Bye. Bye.